So good morning, everybody. Hope you slept well and rested and enjoying the delicious rain. One of my favorite comic strips is uh, called Bizarro. And one of the cartoons, they had a depiction. And it was um, a picture of a guy sitting on a stage meditating spotlights on him and three judges and the show was called so you think you can meditate <laughs> coming to cable near you <laughs> the next reality show will be a meditation retreat so it's an interesting question so you think you can meditate well in retreat we get a lot of opportunity and time to explore that question what is meditation how do I meditate? What do I do in my practice? What does it mean to cultivate attention, awareness, wakefulness, presence, clarity? So one thing I like to do at the beginning of retreat is give a slightly modified instruction for a very short meditation. And the instruction is to not pay attention, to not be mindful, to not be aware, and to not notice anything, and see what happens. Off you go. We'll do it for a minute. No awareness, no mindfulness, no effort, no paying attention. See what happens. That was the bell for those not noticing or being aware. So what do you notice when you don't try to be aware, don't be mindful, don't struggle to pay attention? Anybody like to say, what do you notice? Do you notice anything? Anybody? You weren't paying attention. <laughs> so you were, something was noticing that you weren't paying attention. <laughs> what else? I heard some. It got very sleepy. You got very sleepy. Okay, so you noticed sleepiness. What else? Easier. Easier. Yeah, what was easier about it? Well, I wasn't focused, so I was just looking around. Uh huh. So you weren't focused, looking around, but you were present. Uh huh. I did notice my breath more. You noticed your breath more? Uh huh. Yeah, great. What else? Yes? I found it more difficult. More difficult? Yeah. Uh-huh. How so? Um, because I kept getting interrupted by presence. You kept getting... <laughs> so presence kept reasserting itself. What do you know? <laughs> Quite effortlessly. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes? I found myself straining to not pay attention. Straining to not pay attention. Yeah. So notice straining. Sometimes we strain to pay attention, sometimes we strain not to pay attention. So the, 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 that is an impossible task we just gave you. It's impossible not to pay attention. It's impossible not to be aware, right? unless you're dead. Uh, the, the nature of our mind is awareness, and awareness is always present to some or many things. Right? So since 
mindfulness, since the, since the essence of mindfulness is awareness, this is the good news. Right? You just you can sit here, relax, do nothing, don't make any effort, and things will be noticed. Right? Maybe sleepiness, maybe breath, maybe tiredness, sounds, stillness, presence, boredom, joy. That's the nature of this, of our mind and our practice, is to simply be present to the unfolding nature of experience, which is not that difficult, but also not so easy. So part of meditation practice is looking and exploring what interferes with that simple presence that that naturally reasserts itself. You know, we go off on long trains of thought. We're taking vacations in Italy and we're skiing in Tahoe and we're struggling with our boss at work. And we might go for two, five, ten minutes. And at some point, we come out of that trance and awareness reestablishes itself. Hallelujah. And that's practice. And we stay present in the present moment for some time. And then the next thing the next thought, the next fantasy, the next spacing out happens. We wander and drift and analyze and speculate. And then we go, oh, wait a minute, I'm thinking. Okay. The instruction is to simply be here in the physical sensory present. Okay, begin again. I'm noticing my body's tense or relaxed. Noticing my breath is controlled or it's Easy. Noticing the gentle sound of rain or sniffles. And then on it goes. The flow of experience, the flow of life we're simply attending to. So that's more the generalized instruction is really the only instruction we, we need to give really here is pay attention. Pay attention with kindness, with curiosity to your moment-to-moment experience. That's really all we're doing, mostly what we're doing, and seeing what arises out of that clarity and insight and understanding. But as you know, those of you who've done retreats before and those of you who've meditated a significant amount, that not so easy just to say, well, be present, see you tonight at nine o'clock, because of the habits and tendencies of our mind. To think and to worry and to plan and to space out and all the other things that we do. So this is a training. Retreat is a training in presence, in arriving, in learning how to welcome our experience, in learning how to simply be present moment by moment and understand what and when we drift, or what and how we drift, and we return. So in the first day or two of practice, because our minds are often so busy, so restless and scattered, because of the busyness and complexity of our lives, in the first day particularly, we just want to encourage a sense of arriving and gathering and steadying that often scattered attention. So we'll mostly be orienting you to pay attention to the physical body, the sensations of sitting, the sensations of walking, the sensations in movement, the sensations of breath, the awareness of sounds, just simple physical present moment experience as the tether and the anchor so we can stay more grounded and present because of the strong tendency not to be here, not to dwell right now, to drift into mental realms, past and future. So finding a posture where you can sit grounded and upright and relaxed. So if you're sitting on the floor, ideally you have a stable base 
knees, buttocks in contact with cushion, floor, or if you need support for your, if your knees don't touch the floor, make sure you have cushions so you have the sense of groundedness. Yeah? If you're sitting on a chair, ideally have your feet on the floor or on a cushion. So we're feeling ourselves arriving here in this moment on the earth and feeling that connection of the lower half of your body to the ground. Feel the the earth supporting you. Feeling that sense of contact, legs, knees, feet, ankles, buttocks. The Buddha talked about establishing awareness, establishing awareness of the body, mindfulness of the body, mindfulness in the body, knowing body as body. So shifting out from our conceptual idea of the body and actually feeling and sensing the direct experience. If you close your eyes, that will allow that inner landscape to become more tangible. Close the eyes, turn the gaze of attention inwards, feeling the sense of the body. What do you notice as you turn that gaze inwards? Maybe you notice the heaviness and the contact, the body with the ground. Maybe you notice the energy of the body the lightness, the vibration. Or maybe you notice tension in the jaw, in the belly, in the shoulders. And so inviting any areas of holding to relax, if possible, around the eyes, jaw, hands, Diaphragm. Mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of sitting, aware of your posture, aware of your legs, arms, torso, front body, back body, head, Shoulders. The body in this moment is like this. So with mindfulness we're cultivating a non-interfering attention. We're not trying to fix or improve our experience. In this case the body was simply noticing feeling, allowing, sensing that experience exactly as it is. And we may notice our attitude towards these experiences. We may like it or not like it, want it or not want it. And we'll talk more about that later as we later in the retreat. But for now Mostly orienting towards what is here right now, in the body, sitting, sensations. And of course, as we are present to the body, we become aware of the breath also. Movement, expansion, contracting, breathing in, breathing out belly rising, falling. So as you're present to your physical experience of sitting, also attending to the sensations of breath. The breath, for most people, not everybody, can be a lovely support for grounding attention in the present moment. Not controlling the breath, not 
fixing or improving, simply meeting the breath as it is. Feel the breath most distinctly, at the nostrils perhaps, cool air coming in, warm air passing out, and the expansion of the rib cage, the lifting of the shoulders, the upper back, lifting and falling, and the moving in and out of the belly. So letting your attention settle where you feel the breath most clearly. And for some, you may choose to simply be present to the whole cycle of breath, from the nostrils to the belly. Just how the breath is breathing itself, this miracle of life, this breath of life. At times we can feel gratitude for that simple process of respiration, keeping us alive. And even if you've been meditating for 25 years, the breath is always fresh. Each breath is distinct from the last. So bring that quality of beginner's mind, curious, inviting, welcoming,
course, you're in the course of ex- meditation, you'll be noticing many other things aside from the body and the breath. Sounds appearing and disappearing. Strong emotions, joy or sorrow, anxiety and peace. Other sensations in the body of discomfort, aches and pains. And for the most part, we're simply acknowledging these things as they arise and to support the steadiness of attention, I invite you to primarily stay present to the sensations of breath, (coughs) sensations of the body sitting, and of course, what we often encounter when we sit is thoughts, images, thoughts of the past, of the future, planning, remembering. So each time you notice that you've been lost in thought or thinking's happening, that itself, that recognition is a moment of mindfulness. No need for judgment, simply to release the grip, the trance of thinking, and to return again to the physical, sensory present. This moment, this body, this breath, this sound, over and over.
inviting a sense of relaxation and ease in the body, and alertness with attention. If you notice that the attention is wandering a lot, there's a lot of thinking, which is quite natural. Maybe helpful to use a soft mental note of in on the in-breath, out on the out-breath. Keeping that note a whisper in the mind, but that can help bring a little more focus. You could also experiment with counting, counting one on the in-breath, two on the out-breath, up to ten. And if the attention wanders before you get there, you go back to one. With either of those techniques, keeping 95% of your attention with the physical sensory experience of sitting, breathing,
cultivating a sense of balance in your attention. If it's too loose, too slack, we tend to space out, go sleepy. If it's too tight, too forced, we tend, tend to get tense. So relaxed alertness. In these last few minutes, play with taking your attention a little closer to the breath. Noticing the beginning of an in-breath, sustaining attention just for that in-breath. Noticing the beginning of an out-breath, sustaining attention just for that out-breath. Staying present during the pauses between breaths. Remembering to be receiving the breath, not doing the breath.
the sound of the bell to end the meditation, just simply being aware of sounds, hearing, and your own time, opening your eyes and moving your body, and at the same time not losing that sense of mindful awareness. So whatever happens here in the sitting, post-meditation, equal grounds for awareness. and say this practice is very simple but not so easy. Simple in that all we're asking you to do is pay attention, notice your breath, notice your body, not rocket science, six-year-old could follow that instruction and yet not so easy because of the habits and tendencies of our mind, of our moods, of the habits of following this thought and that thought. and So that's why I emphasized yesterday patience. Patience with ourselves, patience with our crazy mind. There's a cartoon of a picture depicting someone meditating and they've got a bunch of thought bubbles going on in the meditation, which we do have a lot of. And this particular person's thought bubbles, one of them saying, is that it? Is that peace of mind? Come on, I don't have a frickin' day. And next one, is that it? Is that it? So sometimes we come to meditation thinking, oh, you know, how many of you, you know, thought about, oh, I'm going to do this retreat at Spirit Rock. It's going to be so calm and blissful and happy and easy, and, right? which it might be. But it also might be uh, not that. And we want to be careful or mindful of what expectations we have about the retreat, but also about meditation. Because we live in a, in a culture that has this very skewed view of what meditation is, right? Front, con- front cover of Time magazine, there's an issue on mindfulness last year, and the woman's meditating, blissed out, happy, you know. And that can happen, for sure. We can access lots of states of clarity and calm and bliss. But that's not the point. Right? And we confuse meditation with getting peaceful or getting happy or a certain blissful state. Right? And of course we love that when it comes, but that's the, the point of practice, this particular practice, is not about creating and cultivating and manufacturing and orienting towards a particular state like peace or happiness, but being present to the state that is here, being present to the conditions that are happening, right? which is a very different orientation may not be the one you want, <laughs> but this is what we're doing here. How to be present to what is going on rather than what I want to have going on, right? And the, the, the irony or the, the paradox of that is the more that we can actually be simply present and allowing and inviting of what is here, the more likely we will access those states of ease or calm or peace or well-being that we're actually seeking the more that we strive and tighten to get those states and resist everything else that's getting in the way, like our knee pain, our worries about work, or our heartache, the less likely we'll be at ease in, in ourselves, in our hearts, in the moment. So, <clears throat> and so we use, as I said, in the first day or two, the body and the breath as our training vehicle. There's nothing particularly special or holy about the breath, except it is amazing that it keeps us alive. Um, and, but it, and it's a wonderful place to know, to track when we're present and when we're not. And if you only caught one or two breaths out of 10 or 100, you're doing all right. We follow a breath or two, and for most people, there'll be some spacing out, and we come back. And okay, this time. Oh, why am I always so tense? God, I'm really uptight. I need to do therapy. I don't know. I should go to therapy retreat. And we're off again. What's for lunch? And we're off again. So we're noticing all these habits. We're like this little wandering young Labrador puppy that's sniffing and curious and 
all over the place. And we're just inviting over and over, here, here, just this, just now, what is here? Can I know this? Can I be with this? Can I allow it? So after the morning instructions, there'll be time for questions. So I want to make space this morning just to see if there are any questions about being here on retreat, being in the silence, um, uh, any questions about the instructions that we gave last night or this morning, uh, meditation questions. So we really invite your participation because you know, see the more engaged you are, the more questions, the more we can have interesting discussions. We will have time. You will have um, group meetings uh, twice over the course of the retreat where you'll meet with Harry or I. So there will be chances to talk to us individually. Every other day you'll have a, you'll have a group meeting. Um, but just curious this morning, any questions, any comments about your practice or about the retreat? Yes, please. The uh, question is about eye contact, <clears throat> and I recommended that to to not uh, intentionally engage in eye contact here. Did you mean to, that something we should avoid in our life in general, or just here on the retreat? No, here on the retreat, a lot we we really want to protect each person's solitude, and when we go out and we connect with somebody else's eyes intentionally, there's a kind of pulling on that person. There's a kind of loss of sometimes a loss of aware presence of, our, of ourselves. So just to support each other's solitude, we do encourage that you don't make intentional eye contact. Of course, if you cross somebody's eyes, you don't want to freak out about it and, and turn it into a big issue, but, uh, but not to intentionally do that. And that, we tend to do that. We tend to, that's how we seek um, support, solace. Uh, somehow that's how we validate ourselves as if somebody will look at us. And, and that may be a wonderful thing about our lives is that we can make contact that way. But this is a different kind of a well-being that, we, that grows in solitude that doesn't depend on whether we're making contact with somebody. So that's why we encourage it. Which may feel a little strange when you're sitting at a dining table with 10 people you don't know and no one's looking at each other. And that's also part of just getting familiar with the form. And over the, over the time, if, particularly if this is a new form for you, that becomes somewhat normalized after a while. So it can feel a little awkward. You sit down, there's someone right in front of you. <laughs> um, and just you know, notice what happens in that space, whether it's awkwardness or shyness or discomfort or giggles or you know, whatever. It's all grist for the mill. So you'll find that settling in, not, it's not just settling into our minds and bodies and the present moment, but it's also settling into the retreat culture, which for many of you may feel weird. And, uh, so, that's, and so there's lots of different reactions that you might have, and we just include those in our practice. And, and, if and it can certainly look strange when people start walking slowly. We'll do walking meditation in a minute, and everyone's walking slowly. And if you're not familiar with seeing a hundred people walk slowly, eyes down, it looks like the night of the living dead. And, um, and it can, you know, when, when we're not engaging in that social contact and eye contact, then we tend to be more uh, internal and, 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 and somewhat with, withdrawn a little bit. So it can look a little dour or a little serious. The point is not to be dour and serious. The point is to be present with your experience. Um, so just notice what, what ideas the mind makes up when it perceives a lot of people doing a certain thing. Because we actually have no idea what's going on for people. Other questions about your practice, meditation, silence, retreat? Yes, please. I'm a newcomer to meditation. Are we saying when we go back home, we're going to devote half hour, 45 minutes, practice meditation, and then the rest of the time, what we normally do, or are we going to do everything we normally do and apply this practice during that time? Well, ideally both. Ideally both. The point is, you know, meditation has an 
innate value in and of itself, in that it's a place that we rarely have in our lives where we're secluded from stimulation and we have the luxury of turning that gaze inwards to really being with, studying, understanding our inner mind, body, heart experience and cultivating qualities of attention, presence, concentration, kindness, etc. Which a beautiful, it's a beautiful training for the mind and heart, but the point isn't for that to be an end in itself. The point is to live these qualities of wakefulness and kindness and presence and understanding and insight and freedom. So, so we have the, the, the laboratory of our sitting meditation, and then we have the other 16, 17 hours a day that we're awake and living and working and relating. And so the idea is we're bringing those same, that same principle, those same practices, qualities, attention, awareness, mindfulness, to everything that we do. And the more that we have a robust sitting practice, the more that that helps integrate into your life. And we'll talk more about how to bring this into your life towards the end of the retreat. Yes. Yeah, so the question is, you know, when we have, so we're sitting often, an insight will come or an understanding about something in our lives or ourselves or a relationship or work or something, and the impulse being to write it down, to not forget it. Um, so we don't encourage that, mostly because if we do that, if we start writing things down, you know, usually that stimulates more thought and then more writing, and so we, our meditation becomes very disjointed. So a um, couple things about that. One is um, just to trust that if you have some clarity, some insight, if it's significant enough, you remember it. And if it's not, it still may have had its value because it came up and we had some clarity, and even though we might not consciously remember it, that can still have its impact. Um, and if it's important enough, it will likely resurface again. And part of this practice is also just learning to let go, you know. And our mind often makes, gives a, a sort of imbalanced weight to these thoughts. Oh, I've got it. This is this is this is it. This is the gem. This is key to my life. This is going to unlock all my problems, right? And then we, maybe we do write it down at the end of the meditation. We go, really? Was that? It wasn't such a big deal, <laughs> you know. So notice them, you know. Take them in. Let them go. You know, at the end of the meditation, if something's really burning and you, and you really think it's a value, of course, take a note, but not during the sit. Okay, well, much more to be said about sitting. We'll be giving more instructions as the days go on. But right now, um, we're going to actually have um, some words from our dear, beloved yoga teacher. So she's going to share something about okay. the yoga practice. All right, so we're going to have two uh, yoga sessions a day. It would probably be best if you don't think yoga, if you think yoga-based movement. Um, We won't be doing fancy anything. Both sessions are in the afternoon. One's at 3 and one's at 4.15. You can choose which one you want to come to. It's best if you come to only one, not both. Um, The second one will be like a level one. And the first one, the earlier one, the 3 o'clock one, will be a level two ish, something like that. Next year, if you come back next year, we'll do levels three, four, and five. But this year, (laughs) one and two. Um, If you want to do your own practice, um, the lower meditation, the lower walking hall is a good place to do your own practice. Downstairs, you go out, down the stairs and under, and there's a place. Okay, not during the formal walking periods, but in the morning early before formal walking periods, you can do your own practice down there. Um, Oh, or the council. Oh, the council house is lovely to do your own practice. I've done that. Um, and you're also welcome to attend either session and um, just lie on the ground and rest and listen and be there. Um, you can come as you are. You don't need special clothes. There's mats. If you don't have a mat, that's fine. There's mats upstairs. Ooh, the yoga will be up the stairs. You go out into the lobby and then up the stairs, and there's the upper walking hall, and we'll do yoga up there.
Um, today, if you have a group meeting, so they'll be posted later, if, um, some groups. If you have a group meeting, you should go to the group meeting, not the yoga. It's important that you see the teachers, and you can just come to the other yoga instead. Um, I think that's everything. Did I forget anything? Level one will be if you're unfamiliar with yoga or you uh, are physically challenged or you just want to be really quiet. Um, And level two will be a little bit more than that. I don't know. I was I was feeling mixed about saying levels because then like who's what and who's better. But just what the the second one will be the level one, which is a little more gentle. And the first and the first one will be a little less gentle. But they, see, that's weird too, because <laughs> they'll both be gentle. <laughs> just pick one of them. You'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Oh, and then today, during both of the sessions, I'll go over posture. So bring your posture questions, and I'll I'll go over posture a little bit for us. So uh, we, a very important element of our practice, and one of the ways that we're reminded that uh, awareness is not just something that we have on the cushion, and it's uh, not just in formal times, but it's in informal times. One of the elements of our practice that reminds us of that is the uh, walking practice. And from the beginning, I like to describe the walking practice just as it was for me, which is a, was a place in my own practice where initially I thought it was a break from the sitting. I thought it was a little kind of low-class practice. And then it turned out that once I saw how, how crazy my mind was during the walking, that I realized there's something to this. And I, I started to take it to heart and then and treat it equal to the sitting. And, I, and over the course of many, many years, I realized that there were many, many more times where I would have some kind of insight or some discovery about the nature of mind and body many, many more times in walking than in sitting. And I began to see that it is just absolutely 100% equal partner to the sitting and equal opportunity to develop that continuity of aware presence, that combination of being embodied and aware and probably the most portable element of our practice to our daily life where we do a lot of walking, where, we, where it is so important to be embodied that's often our, our distress comes from becoming disembodied, you know, becoming so lost in where we're going or where we've been or self-consciousness, what we're going to say or what we said, we lose a sense of aware presence. So we really emphasize or want to emphasize uh, your taking on the walking as an equal partner to the sitting. And as you can see, as I sit here, even in the informal time of just talking to you, I have the, I have... I'm not sitting quietly with my eyes closed, my eyes are open, and I still have the same aware presence that I had when I was sitting, when, when I, my eyes were closed, when I was attending to my breathing. The awareness part, as Mark was saying, is, is uh, primordial. It's completely intrinsic to our nature. So as I stand up right now, I haven't left my meditation because I stood up. Now I have the same aware presence, but I'm aware of standing. So I'd like to, when you do go to your walking practice, I'd like you to go to your walking spot. And before you start to walk, just to feel that aware presence as you're standing. And what you'll be drawn to, just as you were in the sitting, you'll be drawn to the sensations of standing. As you, you'll begin to feel just the contact of your feet on the floor or the ground, and you'll, you'll drop slowly below the concept of feet and ground to just feel hardness, heaviness, sensation. And so we want to tune into that underlying world of what we call the elements. The earth element is that heaviness or hardness. We want to feel the, the temperature. That's the fire element, coolness, warmth. We want to feel the sense of cohesion or moisture. That's the water element, the sense of it all holding together. We want to feel the vibration or the wind or both external and internal. Uh, And that's the air element. 
So we can begin to tune into the elements, the same elements as exist in nature as they exist in our own moment-to-moment experience. So once I've gotten to my walking spot, instead of taking a walk, although you may want to do this at some point in the day and take a, take a nice walk, a mindful walk, but for the most part in the formal walking periods you want to pick an area about the length of this open space here and walk to and fro. And instead of using the breath as our primary anchor, as our support to be embodied, as we are starting with in the sitting, we use the, the contact of our feet and we use the gentle movements of our legs, we, or we use our whole body in the moment-to-moment experience of walking. And we walk back and forth. And one of the things that you realize when you walk back and forth is you're not going anywhere. And that's the whole point. The whole point is, as Mark said last night, to arrive. To arrive in the step that you're taking. That the whole of the practice is fulfilled by that moment that you're, that one step. It's not about where you're getting to. Now there is a whole transformational process that happens if you stay where you are. If you stay present. But the, the path begins with that step. The path itself is the next step, or is that very step, and the end of the path is that step. So we don't want to miss the very step we're taking. Then we want to, instead of our attention going to our breath, we want to bring our attention to the movements that our body makes when we walk. And we want to feel those elements, just sensation. And we, don't, we want to slow down a little bit, at least, because you'll notice a little more. And if you notice a little more, it'll become a little more interesting. And if it becomes interesting, you get a lot of juice for it. So if you walk too fast and you just zoom, you'll, be, you'll go right into your usual mental habit of, of planning your escape or <laughs> planning whatever it is that's doing whatever you normally do with your mind. So we want to be able to both notice those little mind movements, those things that we do with our mind, but we want to walk at a pace that we can stay interested, that we can stay relaxed, that we can stay in balance. You know, if you try to walk too slow, you may teeter from side to side. So relaxed, interested, attentive, and balanced. And each person will find that balance, that relaxation, that attentiveness, that interest in their own speed, in their own way. So don't turn slow into a religion. Uh, and then impose something on yourself that then feels like a straitjacket. Because then you'll start to have what we call a multiple hindrance attack. You'll want to get out of here. <laughs> so you want to walk and just know you're walking and feel that, those steps. Not going anywhere, really. And you want to be also aware of your body turning around. So that there's no break. In fact, there's no break throughout the entire day and the continuity of your noticing. So you want to just feel those steps. And, and as Mark said during the sitting, if you're feeling kind of scattered, to, you may find the benefit of using a soft mental label, to the, just a very neutral label that just approximates what's actually happening. So it might be lifting and placing, lifting, placing. And that label being like a little transparent whisper in your mind. It's, Sometimes the metaphor that's used is as transparent as a dragonfly wing. So you're just gently accompanying that 95% of your sensitivity to the feeling of it. You're accompanying it with this little mental label. Lifting, placing, or lifting, swinging, placing, or left, right. And if you're using that little label to support you to stay present in your step, you want it to be concurrent or at the exact same time as the step, so not a, like a step and then a delayed lifting. <laughs> Just stepping, stepping. Your eyes slightly ahead. Not not, you don't need to look at your feet, but you want to be able to feel the, feel the steps, but uh, have a sense of where you're going. And your, your arms hanging comfortably or at your sides or in your pockets or behind your back. And most of your attention on the, the legs and feet, top of the feet. 
And of course you'll be drawn to your whole body at different times and you can, whatever it is that you're aware of in the walking is fine. And just walk and know you're walking. Remember the relaxation. Relaxation is an essential ingredient in creating the conditions for, for focus, for a calm abiding, and that's what all of our gathering does. Uh, these simple tools that help us orient to the present moment, whether it's in sitting or walking, it's to create the conditions for some kind of focus and calm abiding so that we can see more. And the more we see, the more we'll understand. The more we understand, the more our hearts relax. So, am I forgetting anything? It's good. Anyway, so enjoy the walking, and I hope you do come to see that it's an equal partner to the sitting. If at some point in the walking you're saying, I can't stand this, stop and really take that in. Oh, this is resistance, or this is whatever the feeling is. Take it in, give it, a, give it some space. Once you <coughs> attend to that a little bit, it'll free you up to walk. But if you don't, if you try to pretend you're loving it when you're not, you'll, you'll just start to feel more and more tense. So give it some attention. It's just a mental state. You'll have all kinds of them. And then once you've given it some attention, go back to your steps. So just to reiterate where the, the walking spaces are, since it's raining, it's lovely to walk outside in the rain, but if you walk down these stairs here, that's to the lower walking room, the stairs in the foyer, up to the upper walking room. You're welcome to walk in the hallways of the residence halls, um, but there's lots of lovely, you know, the road here, and there's also trails. You can walk up and down, they're a little muddy right now, but if you like plunging through puddles, it's really delightful. <laughs> And just another reminder not to limit the, the mindful walking to the formal walking periods, but every place you go. And then when you go into the restrooms, notice what you're doing with your hands, knowing what you're doing with your, with your body. Uh, eating, we'll talk more about that later. But every element of the day is an, an opportunity because that's aware presence follows you nearer than your breath. So enjoy this day of practice. A pleasure to be with you already. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.